three different ones over time. Loved with them all. The, with the red nipple, and that's a great way to start episode 107 <laughs> of the Overclock Day podcast. Thank you for joining us. I am Lindsay Hutis, and he is... Gavin Dudley. Gavin Dudley, editor of, well, content, what, product editor yes, for, for Tech, Tech Radar, Radar South, Africa. South Africa, and the editor of the largest, the biggest selling consumer technology publication in the country, or on the continent. And the continent is right. That's yes. Tech Magazine. So I have two jobs, Dochal, hey? Ah, uh, that's what lockdown does to you. They just give you a whole second portfolio of work. Because you know, every, everyone's got to do everyone's got to do more, basically. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And I am Lindsay Shooters. I am Sharpshooters on Twitter, on social medias as well. That opinion guy on the internet, and I contribute to Man Magazine, which is the biggest uh, men's publication on the continent now, I think. Certainly. Uh, yeah. As well, and yeah, let's get into this X Lenovo X1 Fold. So we, you heard Gavin gush about these. What's it? The ThinkPad. Is it still a ThinkPad? It is still a ThinkPad. Yes, it's still called ThinkPad. So, I mean, it started IBM basically poured everything they knew about mobile computing into the original X1s. At that point, they weren't called X1. They were called something else. I had one of those. Um, by today's standards, very primitive. But by the standards of the day, it was amazing. It had uh, fiberglass, magnesium kind of composition. And this thing was indestructible. There were stories about people's experiences with their early X1 IBM ThinkPad laptops at that stage, mm. people who rescued them from fires. It was the first laptop to go into space, by the way. Yeah. And, you know, and then IBM sold all its computing stuff to Lenovo. So Lenovo tried to carry that tradition forward. And the X1 has always been their flagship top-end laptop. So now they've got a whole new thing going here. Yeah. And the important thing about the ThinkPads was always the keyboard. Like it was just like the yeah, best keyboard. Yeah, People yeah. swore by this keyboard. I think the original ones were um, the first of like yeah. the chiclet dips. Um, what's it? Mechanical ones. But they, they're just amazing stuff. And now it's a full on. So there was a X1 tablet before that never came to South Africa. I saw it, I think I was in Barcelona on a Ducati trip because Lenovo sponsors Ducati in the MotoGP. And everyone in the Ducati garage like uses these X1 tablets, which were amazing. And now there's an X1 tablet that folds, Gavin, 13.3 inches of gloriousness. It folds in half like a book. You can fold it up. Um, and there's a mini Hang little on, is, Bluetooth is keyboard. 13... Is 13.3 inch the unfolded size or the folded up size? The unfolded size. So it's the, the okay. actual screen size. The OLED foldable display is 13.3 inches. And then right. you have it to put it like in a laptop mode. And right. there's a little mini Bluetooth keyboard that you can stick on it with magnets. Ah, oh, that's right. It overlays on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and there's a stylus that goes alongside it and like a special folding compact mouse thing. And there's an X1 headset now as well. And Right. So so you'll either have it as a 13-inch tablet in a roughly square shape or a slightly more square shape. Or you can fold that in half into so it looks like a laptop. So it's kind of like a hinged yeah. halfway shape. In which case you can either then type on the keyboard that appears on the second half or you can mm -hmm. lay down the little Bluetooth layer thing that goes on top of it and type yeah. on that right okay yeah, yeah amazing idea mm. and there's a little kickstand thingy a little like a little flap thing that you can open it up on and can stand on its own and you can watch your movie in it and it's it's core i5 so i think it's a m or y series core i5 finalist obviously um yeah, intel fans. machine and then yeah, they're claiming something like eight hours of continuous battery or like 10 hours of video watching. And okay. you look at this and you're like, the iPad should be this machine. The well, iPad Pro should be this machine. Yeah, it's kind of so strange, you know, when we were speculating about how the direction Apple would go, we all thought the reason it's not refreshing its laptops is because it wants to migrate the iPad to become the next laptop. So the yeah. iPad will form the basis of the next laptop. And ultimately, they didn't do that because they created entire new laptop line with these new chips that we discussed yeah. last week, the M1. So it now seems even less likely that the iPad will ever become, you know, the Apple laptop. Yeah. Maybe it's just not time. So 
I don't know what these X ones are going to cost, but I'm guessing probably starting in the mid thirties. I'm 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 gonna say like above fifty k. Yeah, um, yeah. These yeah. are full Windows ten machines. It's got that folding OLED display. It's got the novelty factor. Lenovo are also not shy to slap a nice thick yeah <laughs> like yeah. price tag on that on that on those X ones. So yeah, Again, I would still you know, much rather get a get an iPad Air with the M1 chip. <laughs> no, to be honest, as much as I'm a fan of the Lenovo X1 um, heritage and lineage, I would go go along with you there. Actually, I'd much rather get an iPad. Um, I think because it's a first generation product, this whole folding screen thing is still very much a, a loose concept for me. Yeah, I think a lot of the bugs have not yet been exposed. Uh, okay, but I, I'm I'm sorry. Like uh, the last word I'll say on this is. Apple's just disrupted everything now with the M1 chips where you're getting like ludicrous speed and ludicrous like battery life in small form factors. And there's not much that Windows can throw at that problem right now. Is this the point where I must read out my Apple statement? Yes, please read out your Apple statement. I'll go as quickly as I can. Okay, it goes like this. Okay, I'm officially giving up on trying to convince people to look beyond Apple. I fear it is too late for the world. We have given Apple far too much power with zero accountability. We have allowed them to make all the rules with no consultation with you know consumers. We haven't given them a license to operate. We've allowed them to just make the rules. Um, they have outmaneuvered every law, avoided every opportunity at honesty and decency, and cleverly made sure that all their competitors are getting publicly flayed for trivialities all the time while they get away scot-free. All this while turning a substantial percentage of the world population into meek and mild, but pseudo air quotes, creative sheep. Okay, they now own the tech industrial complex and they are Skynet. If you don't know what Skynet is, go and look it up. Soon we will be living in 1984. Exactly the thing they promised us they would be destroying was that kind of way of living. Mm -hmm. And no one cares because they are too busy signing up for the new Apple deal with Apple One and too busy shouting down Facebook with all its problems. So it's now official. Please, everybody, just go out and buy the Apple products you so desperately crave. Don't question and don't doubt. Apple, my crusade ends here. You have one, I concede. Okay, and that's the last word on the subject. For those who thought this was fun when when Lindsay and I would spar on the podcast, it's now at an end. I'm now conceding and folding, and there's no more sparring. So let's all just go out and get that iPad, all right? <laughs> okay, okay. That was obviously written after you watched my amazing video about um, was, Android yes. phones in 2020 um, that you can see on That Opinion Guy. Um, I'll just search for it on YouTube, and you shall find me. Um, yeah, I kind of just did a snapshot of the Android market and its obvious failings in, in various ways. And yeah, I, I just got tired of like, wh- what are we doing when we are trumpeting the arrival of the LG wing that doesn't solve any problems for anybody and just, yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, I mean, you can see in my notes on this thing where my Apple statement came from was I looked at exactly what you presented in this video and I realized no Android phone had made any kind of compelling argument that it was better than any Apple phone ever. And in that sense, the Android manufacturers have had two decades at least to get this right and have failed to get it right. So, um, you know, I think Apple wins and I think at this point deservedly so. The Android people have had plenty of time to do something better than they've done and have failed to do anything better. Yeah. Okay. That said, if money was no object for me and I had to get a phone on Friday (laughs) on a a small (laughs) special, um, I would still get the Note 20 5G because I have a very, very niche use case um, where I do actual, like I produce this podcast audio on a phone and the digital audio workstation I use allows me to export to MP3 on Android and does not allow me that on iOS devices. So there's yeah. also like a couple of other things that I'm very specifically in need of. On yeah, Android. besides everything else, you're the kind of uh, note user who actually uses 90% of the capability of the darn phone. Unlike the majority of note users who just wanted a big screen, you know, which is not a good reason to get a note, frankly. You've got to have very serious processing needs. You've got to have serious technical needs. 
You've got to really want to use the stylus and use all its capabilities. There's no point in take getting the stylus and just using it to advance your music tracks. You know, that's mm. not even though it can do that. <laughs> that's not what it's for. So, you know, you've got to really want to use the capabilities of the note and then the price makes sense, which it would be like in your case. Yeah. You know, because you're actually going to use all those features. And even then, you could get the Note Lite and probably get away with that, you know. The Note 10 Lite, yeah, possibly. It's got the same guts as the as the Note 9, which I'm using right now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it. And if we just zoom out. I was talking about Friday because this Friday is obviously Black Friday. Um, I am not in support of Black Friday right now. I think you should only... If you were go, if you have a legitimate need for a product and it has just been out of reach in terms of its price, and you've been tracking the price over time, and like a grand see, or two out of reach, yeah, yeah. and you three, see yeah. that it is on a legitimate deal, because what these companies do is they put their prices up, um, Black Friday, or at least, yes. yeah, and then they discount it to like maybe five percent lower than what it was yeah. originally. Yeah. And then they tell you, no, but it's a 20% saving or 50% saving and stuff. And it's like, what are we doing? I was looking at research um, for another project I was working on where it's something stupid like one in five out of every e-commerce transaction for the year yeah. will happen between Friday, on this weekend, between Friday and Monday. Obviously, no, Cyber man, Monday. that's absurd. We, we go, we've got to take a stand on this stuff, man. Listen, tell everybody you know you're not getting some spectacular deal. These people are not letting stuff go for free. They are still yeah. making profit on everything or they're offloading their old stock on you, yeah. which is fine. You know, in many cases we've discussed you don't need the latest and greatest models. But understand, no one's doing anybody a favor here. This is pure commerce. They're making money and, you know, they're making that money from you. So don't imagine that you're getting away with something because you're not. <laughs> Yeah, be sure you can afford the stuff. Just because, you know, it's been discounted doesn't mean you gotta gotta have it, which is where a lot of people go wrong, I think. Yeah. 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 So like I, I use my daughter as an example where she wanted the Lego Friends friendship bus. Right. And she was saving for it, um, to buy it for herself. Mm. And then we walked into Toys R Us during October, which is Bricktober. They have thirty percent off um selected Ooh, Lego sets. That's this nice. was one of them. Ooh. It was then she was within, I think she just needed 200 bucks. Sure. On top if of like what she was saying. I would have given it to her, man. <laughs> and then she just like washed some windows and washed a couple of cars like for her aunts and stuff. And she made the okay. money and she bought the thing herself. And okay. <laughs> applause. Applause. Well done. That is just such excellent parenting, bro. Excellent parenting. Well done. No, no, seriously. I mean, break. that's a great package. Well done. Great story. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if you have been saving for something and you find it on the cheap and it's with like within range on Black Friday or Cyber Monday or whatever, by all means, go ahead. But don't think that you are getting like crazy specials everywhere. Yeah, I um I bought something uh, right now about an hour ago. I, I don't do a lot of online purchases. It's just yeah. for various reasons. Um, And I shopped around for the thing I wanted. Oh, excuse me. Pet action. Um, I shopped around for the thing I wanted. And the thing I found was like a thousand, was 1500 rand cheaper on a regular store than it was on the Black Friday special store where I found it originally. I just found it in the regular online store for cheaper yeah. than it was being advertised in the Black Friday special. So don't be deceived by all the Black Friday stuff. Okay. Moving um, on. Talking about things, you mentioned it. Briefly in your little Apple thing, Apple One doesn't make sense <laughs> for me right now, right? Because just remind us what Apple One is again. It's like a bundle uh, of services. Yeah, right? it's a bundle of um, like iCloud storage and Apple Music and Apple TV Plus and Apple News, like all in one. I forget the prices in South Africa right now, but right now I get my cloud storage is OneDrive um, okay. through yeah. my Microsoft 365 account. Um, which I didn't buy for the cloud storage. I just have that now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It comes by. A terabyte, so use, terabyte per user in Microsoft. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I have a Microsoft 365 family account, um, and then I have an Apple Music family subscription, and mm. then we have the Apple TV Plus kind of free sort of thing, which is carrying on until February, right. I think. Right. It's going to come to it. 
So like right now, it doesn't make sense for me because I'm comfortable paying 90 rand a month to have like five Apple Music licenses. But Apple Music, I love the service, but it is so horribly slow on Android. Mm. Um, and I use mostly Android phones because I haven't had to buy a phone in a long time because yeah. we get free devices and stuff. I mean, just full disclosure on a lot of things. Um, and what I found is I've now hit, because I test a lot of phones, I've now hit my device limit on Apple Music. Mm. So I can't load it and download like playlists and stuff. Okay, Which is but you can really clean up that they, list. You can throw off the devices you don't need to use anymore, but right? I don't know where. It tells you to go <laughs> onto Apple Music on the website. And like, uh -huh. I'm not, I'm, I, I, I know a couple of things about technology. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and so, again, are you saying that you do like your Apple Music? It doesn't work optimally, but your issue is, should you be thinking about expanding to Apple One because you might want the other services? Is that your issue? Um, yeah, it doesn't make sense for me right now. It might make sense for a lot of people. Um, yeah, you don't, you, the, you don't need the cloud storage and the music's not running optimally anyway. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Okay. So, so, so that's the thing. So now I have YouTube music as well. And YouTube music... I'm not using that at all, I have to say. I mean... The, the YouTube music we both have came with the YouTube premium subscription. Yes. Now, this is something I can recommend if your family or big YouTube users, which just about everybody is, it makes all your YouTube run with no ads. So for you and your kids and your you know spouse and whatever, great package. I think it's also 100 bucks a month. I think it's five or six users, I'm not sure. All to have your YouTube with no ads is brilliant. Then they throw in YouTube music, but I haven't had a use for it because I'm a Spotify user. Okay, and so have you used YouTube music? I, I have been using it, but it's 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 a lesser... <laughs> uh -huh. it, it, it's lesser than what Google Play Music was. It doesn't have the same catalog. Like, mm. it has... Like, Watch the Throne, for instance, which Jay-Z and Kanye West album... They try and keep most of it on Tidal. It is on Apple Music as well. Um, it's not really available. And I think so, like, for me to play the one song that I use in my workout playlist from Watch the Throne, it plays me like this weird mixed version from, like, a YouTube video. Um, where may, I ask, may I ask which track that is? It's Otis. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it's just a nightmare. But then I look at Spotify, and Spotify now has one of my favorite, we'll get to our favorite podcasts, um, tech podcasts going further. Um, but Spotify is starting to amass this bank of exclusive podcasts. And one of my favorites is now a Spotify exclusive. And I look at Spotify, and I cannot, I still cannot move beyond the fact that I don't really need another streaming music service in my life. And that app experience is absolutely horrible. I don't know how you make head or tail out of that app experience, Kevin. Yeah, I've got to, got to concede there. Hang on. So what is what is the podcast that's an exclusive on Spotify now? Uh, Dissect. Um, it's done by Cole Kushner, where he kind of breaks down albums like seminal. Oh, yes, I've heard about yeah. this. Yeah, 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 I've yes. heard about this. Okay, so uh, for those of you who don't quite follow what we're discussing, what's happened is all the original music streaming services always had a small podcast component, but now they're all starting to develop that podcast component, and some of them are laying down big money to have some of the biggest podcasts in the world belong to their service exclusively. Mm. Um, and we're seeing more and more of that, which I don't think it's a good way to go, you know. Um, and I agree with you. The way the podcasts are handled inside of something like Spotify is not nearly as good as an actual podcatcher would do it. Yeah. So I, I, I do find myself, though, just dropping into podcasts on Spotify. But it's not for me a reason to stay there. And these exclusives that they've got, none of them are key to me. So not yet anyway. Yeah, I think I think yeah. Michelle Obama launched her podcast exclusively right. for like a couple yeah. of weeks on, on yeah. Spotify. And that for me was like the the canary in the coal mine. Where I was like, <laughs> this company is now going to screw up this medium that I love so much. Okay. Uh, but Gavin, let's, let's talk about the podcast. So you also on Tidal, which gives you like high fidelity music streaming yeah. as well. I mean, a word on titles while we are there. Um, my brother-in-law, he's a bit of an audiophile. Most of my friends are audiophiles. And he, a long time ago, warned against 
what MP3s were going to do to our listening experience, and then mm. ultimately what streaming music would do to our listening experience. MP3s and streamed music is all heavily compressed in order to make it flow properly over the internet. Um, and the compression normally involves dramatically cutting down the quality of the music. So, you know, I would hear him moaning on and on about this. And then one day I actually did go back to listen to my CDs and they sounded remarkably different. They sounded fantastic compared to mm. the sound I'd gotten used to from streaming and so on. So with this at the back of my mind, streaming music is just so darn convenient that you just do it in the car and wherever you need yeah. to. Um, but in the back of my mind, I kept going. I remember what those CDs sounded like. Damn, they sounded good. So I then joined up for the Tidal streaming service, which was started by Jay-Z and supported by all his friends and so on. And they promise hi-fi quality streaming, which they deliver. It's extremely yeah. high-quality streaming, except that between the time Tidal launched and today, Spotify has been steadily upgrading the quality of its streams. Until mm. today, I can now no longer tell the difference between a Tidal stream and a Spotify stream. So Tidal's big differentiating feature, unfortunately, has pretty much fallen away. Mm. So... I'm finding you can get just as good quality from Spotify. You probably could get from Apple Music as well with a bit of tweaking of the settings, yeah? Uh, no, uh, yeah, Apple, <laughs> Apple <laughs> Music stops out at, at not, not great, not, 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 not CD quality. Uh, okay, so you can get extremely high quality streams on Spotify and you can download to you know to to your device at extremely high quality hi-fi quality as well. So, but this also you know, extends to like TV streaming apps as well, where like. I, 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 my argument is always people are like, I need to get a UHD set with like smart technologies because I need to have yeah. my Netflix and stuff in 4K. Yeah. And it's like, do you understand the strength of internet pipe? <laughs> yeah, okay. While someone's playing like Xbox Game Pass in yeah, the house, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. or people are like on Zoom meetings and like, like, wow. Yeah, I like mean, 1080p you have, is kind of your life. Yeah, um, <laughs> unless you have good fiber, you know, or unless your kids go to sleep at night when you watch TV. I mean, yeah. But if you've got good fiber and you've got a small household and, you know, whatever, then that probably can make sense. Even though it's still very limited, the amount of material you can get. But apparently Netflix will be recording all its new shows in UHD. UHD, for those who don't follow, is the same as 4K. Well, it's not the same, but it's used interchangeably as 4K. Ultra high 4K. definition. Yes. UHD is the technically correct term for television. 4K would be the correct term for cinema, but never mind. Mm. Yeah. Okay. 4K is proper, like 4,000 pixels across. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, but let's not get bogged down in the weeds there. Kevin, so, back, to, back to podcasts. Right. So, we are, do you even listen to the radio? Like I, I was driving to go pick up, uh, or at least drop the car at the service and then pick up my wife again. Now, I listen to a lot of radio. This is the thing. My wife hates the fact that I listen to radio. She's convinced that people who come on the radio are all brain donors. And some days I'm inclined to agree with her. Okay, yes. but I, I, I switch between Cape Talk and 702 and... Uh, SAFM. I, I really just vacillate between those two. So SAFM, if I'm feeling in a serious mood, um, and Cape Talk, if I'm feeling a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when I used to commute quite a bit, um, I used to just kind of, you know, on some like audio systems in the car, you can just tune the radio for like the traffic announcement. Yes, that's um, right. Yeah. And, mm. and I used to do that a lot. So I just used to use radio for like traffic and news. Um, okay. And then... Google Maps got really good, especially when they purchased Waze, and then they brought all that functionality, kind of bolted, bolted slowly into Google Maps. So, like, Google Maps can tell me, like, I, <laughs> there's, it's always, like, a funny thing when someone drives, like, like, my wife, we have to commute somewhere or, like, go somewhere, and then I'll just have Google Maps running, and she's like, but you know how to get home, and it's like, no, <laughs> uh -huh. I want to know what is Root coming information. ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so look, just while we're on the subject, Waze, okay, I've never really got the hang of Waze, but it keeps popping up, you know, it keeps wanting to offer you its help. Yes. Um, so I I remember when, when uh, Google acquired Waze and I was wondering what was going to happen. And then came it as a separate product. And I've never understood why. And then recently I heard, 
I think, the CEO of Waze, explaining what Waze is all about. For those who don't know, it's basically crowdsourced uh, travel information, not travel, uh, 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 routing information. So, yes. you know, if you live in Blickistorp, then other users of Waze in Blickistorp post information into the system about where the traffic cameras are, where there's a big pothole in the road, where the traffic is congested. So you get a kind of a much more bespoke kind of experience from Waze, whereas Google Maps is just navigate to the place, you know. But yeah. you're saying that there's now crossover between Waze and Google Maps, so that some of the Waze information is ending up in Google Maps. Is that right? I was explaining it to my daughter. So how Google Maps does traffic is <laughs> Google tracks every single phone that uses Google services. So if you are signed in in a Google account on any phone, be it an Android or an iPhone, it, it knows where you are. Yeah. Phone, like anonymously. Yeah. So then it can clump all of those things together. And then it like feeds from third party services as well. So like TomTom's a good example where they have agreements with various traffic services in countries. So they have like live feeds to those traffic cameras that are put up like all over the, the right. city uh, monitoring the highways and that thing. And like through the news alerts and stuff, they'll compile all of that data in real time into the traffic routing. And then give you like real-time updates on how slow traffic is moving. So but this can, is, this like, is TomTom you're referring to now. Uh, but okay. pretty much you're all of the mapping services work like this. Do now. that, yeah. So yeah. how does it relate to Waze? Um, so, so Waze also does that, but then they have like this big crowdsourcing thing built in. So they kind of gamify it where you report like speed cameras and like little accidents and those things. So Google took a lot of that functionality and like built that in. So it ports, it uses like as a third party, uses ways as a third party to right. port that information to live alongside the tracking that they're doing on the server and all of those algorithmic sort of inputs. Um, mm. So yeah, well, the, the thing with TomTom is TomTom used to be the biggest seller to Apple Maps. Yes, so, right. Yeah. But now like Apple Maps has kind of Try to go on its on its own. Yeah, it's yeah. In in various countries. So like in the US, I know they've rolled out all over the US now. In the UK, they're starting um, where they've now brokered those deals with different traffic services and stuff, and they doing their own mapping as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's very 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 clever what's going on there. Um, yeah, and, and we're all we're all benefiting hugely from all these services working on what they call geolocation, which is. Yeah. Where are you in space and time and how can we assist you where you are kind of thing? Yeah. Um, so very interesting, They uh, this interview with the Waze guy, they would do these surveys in different countries and they did one in Brazil and they found out that people had not, even when Google acquired Waze, people did not leave Waze to go to Google Maps yes. and they surveyed on why. And it, all the respondents were, well, because Waze is a Brazilian product. Of course, it's not a Brazilian product. It's just that it had been so localized for the people. You felt like it was addressing, yeah. you know, your actual country in its needs. And then they did the same thing in France. And French people also thought that Waze was a French product because yeah. it had been so hyper-localized. So it started getting me very interested in whether Waze has something to offer me, you know, as opposed mm. to a generic Google service. Yeah. Yeah, so Garmin, Garmin are still kind of the, the kings of like straight up GPS tracking. Yeah, sure. Um, like for accuracy, I think, I, I forget what the accuracy is up to now, but it's like insane. Um, but now with like Google, what, what I mentioned, why I mentioned TomTom is because TomTom's traffic routing is for me like the most clever thing in the world where the algorithm is built. So if you and I are both using TomTom, um, and we both encountering the same sort of traffic, it will route me in a different detour to you so that we don't cause traffic on the <laughs> e-route. <laughs> okay, so it mustn't send everybody on the alternate route as oh. it causes different congestion. Exactly. Jeez. Yeah. Okay, but that's the other crazy. Guys are catching up very quickly now, and I think Google Maps is doing that also now. Um, and like what Google Maps does better is it gives you a broader range of, of alternate routes that you can then choose as well. Um, so okay. you'll see like those gray parts that it gives you and like similar ETAs and stuff. And yeah, so okay. it, it, it's, it's very, very interesting. But like talking about podcasts and I right. only listen to podcasts when I'm doing that because now that I have Google Maps and Google Maps is that clever, I don't need traffic news anymore. Right. And 
the news of the day I try and catch before I have to leave anywhere. And mm-hmm. one day self-driving cars will allow me to just watch the news. <laughs> <while I'm laughs> the car gets me to wherever I'm going. Uh, but podcast really uh, like appeals to me because it keeps me abreast of the industries that I'm interested in, mostly media and tech. You asked to list our favorite tech podcasts. I figured out that I kind of only listen to one straight up tech podcast and everything else is like the business of technology. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah, me too, which is why I specifically only listed my tech podcast because that's what we discussed what we would do. Now you've gone with something else. Okay. I'll give you some leeway. Go go with what you've got here. So, like, The Vergecast is the only pure tech podcast that I listen to. And, like, okay. um, I, that's done in, in the U.S. It's done by the, the editors of The Verge. And they are a launch market for a lot of, like, technology. And they have all the insider knowledge and stuff. And it's filled with insider jokes and stuff. But it's a really fun way to understand what's going on almost behind the scenes in in the technology world that is the u.s then okay, but go on yeah mm-hmm. uh, vox media uh, owns the verge and they produce another podcast called pervert or at least the new york times kind of produces that now um, mm-hmm. it's all part of the same media conglomerate yeah yeah i was kara swisher who's started record media um and then scott galloway who's a economics professor at yeah. nyu and yeah, they just look at technology's impact on like business and like geopolitics and like that sort of thing. And it's very, very interesting. Um, yeah. So Kara Swisher is the kind of person who's a deep insider. She's the kind mm-hmm. of person who could just get an interview with Bill Gates tomorrow if she wanted. Yes. Get an interview yeah. with basically anyone, you yeah. know, because she's a kind of a heavy hitter and she's an insider. So she probably has Bill Gates's personal mobile number, you know, yes. that kind of thing. That's the kind <laughs> no, of person she, she is. Does. So she's, and, but she, she doesn't come across as that kind of person, which is what's so fantastic. She comes across as a real journalist. She you know, is not, a, a real, yeah, a real journalist. journalist, yeah, but she doesn't come across as like a smarmy kind of insider. Yeah. So that's really cool. So All then, right, what else um, you got? Someone who, used, who I used to work with, Brendan Peterson, a friend of the show, um, he has a podcast called Reframed, and it's he kind of has pivoted away from the sort of thing that you and I do on this podcast, where he's now talking to like the captains of industry, the tech industries in South Africa. Um, just talking to like the CTOs and the CEOs and stuff, whoever he can get, the local guys. And yeah, it's, it's a very interesting look at, at, at the local tech space. Yeah, now you see, um, one of my favorite, in fact, my, my only really big local podcast that I listened to, which was Talk Central, produced by Tech Central, which is Duncan McLeod's company, mm. um, did the same thing. He did a show pretty much like ours. And then one day he just cut that off and all he did after that was interview the captains of industry. So I dropped it because it just was not that interesting to hear people punt their company and their solutions. And even though, you know, he was very tactful in how he organized those interviews, I was not interested in the kind of, you know, single siloed view of one person you know, on one issue and so on. I was, you know, I just don't have time for that, to, for, for mm. one person's deep dive on their company and their solution. You know, it's just not that interesting for me. Mm. So you say Reframed has gone that way too. Yeah. 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 Okay. Which is, I mean, it's, it's a vibe. Like I've, I've, I've reached a point now where I want to hear from the decision makers on, on the local side. Right. Um, and then there's, ha. so hashtag, S-G-G-Q-A. So this is started by someone called one Carlos Bagnell. He goes by some gadget guy on the internet. Um, he Never is, heard of this. Never heard of this. Okay. He is the, if you care about smartphone audio and smartphone cameras in reviews, he does the absolute most in-depth deep dives in his testing of the various stuff. Okay. So give and us the name of the show again, just so I can keep track. It's, S-G-G-Q-A. All right. So this is his weekly podcast. So he just does like on a Monday, he does like a wrap of the week before, but like in a very interesting way. And he talks to like different YouTubers and it goes long. It's like average okay. show length is like one and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, that's it's very interesting because I, I think I may have sent you some survey data on this recently about podcasts and about millennials and Gen Z and podcasts and their optimal podcast length is like an hour and Mm. you know i was like shocked because 
you know, my podcast thing has been getting shorter and shorter all the time. You know, I used to listen to two hour shows and now I listen to like a whole bunch of five minute shows. You know, it's yeah. interesting that when the, the survey data reveals that people will actually their preferred length is an hour. I'm like, geez, who the hell has an hour? OK, fine. So the deep dive thing. OK. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you just as a, a I, I like his personality. He has his biases like he's a big LG fan. Uh-huh. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. No, nothing. Nothing. Nothing at <laughs> yeah. all. Um, please get okay. the LG V60. It is the best phone on the market right now. Very <laughs> Stop. big, though. Stop. It, you it's just very big. Their, you just dissed their wing phone like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, but the wing is trash. The V60 yeah. is beautiful. Okay. Agreed. Agreed. 100% agreed. Okay. So, what's it? So, you've been through five shows there. Pivot uh, with Cara Swisher. Reframed with Brendan Peterson. Um, SGGQA, this guy who specializes in audio and cameras on phones. Yeah, so those are and then before of, that, you brought up the Verge cast, which is yes. from the Verge in the US. Yeah. Yeah. And then like the editor of the Verge, or at least the chief executive, the executive editor of the Verge, um, Nilay Patel, he's taken over Chorus, which is old show. Um, and it's called Decoder. And that is quickly becoming one of the most interesting things because he, he speaks to like the like he had the the guy who the head of the Xbox project um, on his last one now right. talking yeah. about the future of like gaming and what the vibe what they were thinking when they released the new Xbox. Okay. So it's like really in the weeds businessy sort of stuff. So like I'm right there in what's happening in the media and what's happening in the tech world, right. so that I can distill all of that information. And deliver it to you, our dear listeners. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, we listen own. to hours of the stuff, and then we like, <laughs> you know, we we focus it down, and we what is it? We distill it, yeah, into yeah. like you know the the half hour that we do. Okay, um, can I go quickly? Yes. Just in case, I mean, basically, we're sending our readers off to listen to our competitors, <laughs> so let's not dwell on. <laughs> um, I listen to completely different shows to you for various reasons. I mean, I have my long my long listen shows that are not specifically tech shows, probably my longest, uh, the, the podcast I've listened to the longest is one called Econ Talk. It's a, it's a show about economics, basically. So listen to Econ Talk is one of my favorites. But in tech, um, I listen to a lot of short shows at the moment. The BTN uh, News Show, BTN stands for British Tech Network. Their news show is five minutes long, and it's done by a guy, I think he's in Indonesia somewhere, but he's British. And he does it in a funny accent. And it sounds like a funny accent, but actually he gets his news done in five minutes. And it's just headline stuff. So you don't get, you know, enmeshed in anything complex. Then uh, the Daily Tech News Show, DTNS, was originally a long-form show of about 45 minutes or so, which they still do. But now they do DTNS headlines, which is, again, another five-minute show. So you just set up your day with five minutes of tech headlines for the day. So you know what the lead stories are in case there's something important you need to follow. So that's done by Tom Merritt. He's like a, another old campaigner in tech podcasting. A DTNS, Daily Tech News Show. They've got a headline show. Um, and then, again, probably one of the oldest podcasts on the entire net, on the entire internet is called Twit, This Week in Tech, Twit. And... Um, that's a very long show. It goes on at least two hours usually, and usually has a couple of different people talking. Um, and to be honest, I no longer have two hours to listen to podcasts. So mm. I used to listen to this religiously. Now I maybe catch one of these a month. Okay. And my last show is a bit of a wild card. It's called Pocket Lint. It's um, a guy, I think he started just a sort of a tech publishing business called Pocket Lint. And it's remained a marginal player, but very high quality stuff. And I like the way he covers things. And it's also British. I've kind of got a, obviously a bent for the British yeah. thing. Um, Pocket Lint. It's just a small personal publishing business. Does quite well. And the Pocket Lint now does a podcast. And I like the format that they use. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's just like a, a slightly different view on tech. So that's the BTN News Show, DTNS Headlines, Twit and Pocket Lint are my four tech shows I'm listening to at the moment. You might think, dear listener, that it's been a slow news week um, in, in South Africa, but it really hasn't. Because yeah. <laughs> Gavin is sitting with a phone called the Huawei P is like the P Smart 2021. So I have this theory, right? It's the year 2035. 
And Huawei okay. releases the P-Smart 2035. <laughs> and people are still hitting me up in my DMs, asking me whether it runs Google services. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that whole Google services thing, I mean, we've had one or two breaks uh, weeks away from that issue, but that yeah. issue continues to kind of rear its head. Um, I mean, there was a, I'm just going to hark back to this issue about how people are forecasting a Huawei is going to massively lose market share and get completely decimated in the market. And I'd like to know what you, Lindsay, think about that. So um, here, this Huawei P-Smart, which has traditionally been one of its best sellers, has launched now with no Google services. You know, the the issue that we've been hammering on about for weeks and weeks. And um, I must say, we're still there. It's a fantastic phone. It's not as cheap as it used to be. It used to be a lot more affordable. It now competes directly with the P40 Lite at exactly the same price. I've never understood why Huawei does this. Release two different phones that do the same things at different price points. Don't but understand the why they do that. one has a two-megapixel macro camera, Gavin. Yeah, but I mean, that's the point. It's just completely like irrelevant in the scheme of things. <laughs> so um, anyway, so the Huawei P-Smart used to be one of their best budget offerings. You know, it used to be around the three and a half, 4,000 Rand mark. Mm. Now it's like six. So, and without the Google services. So it's very challenging, man. I mean, of course, because I've now reviewed a couple of products without Google services, I've got the profile set up so I can restore the phone quickly. And so it doesn't feel like such a pain, you know, stuff doesn't work and so on. Yeah. I get stuff working quite quickly, but I still imagine the consumer is still going to struggle to get their WhatsApp going, to get many other things going, to get their Google maps when there are no Google maps, there's no play store, you know, they can get it going. It just takes effort. What amuses me is when I look through the catalogs from all the um, cell phone pr- providers, yeah. there's still bazillions of Huawei products in there with no Google services. Are consumers buying these and are they returning them to the store because they couldn't get XYZ working? Or what is going on? Why are there like 12 different Huawei phones being sold to consumers with no Google services? Does it mean it's working or have consumers found a way around it? Or is it like a big fake out, basically? I think it's a big fake out. I think they're pumping a lot of money into that, which is a shame because like a lot of these devices are really good. Um, Like if you have, if you can survive without Google services, like go ahead, sure, buy, buy, buy those things. But I I think people can survive without Google services. But I, I think now with like, even though, Trump is now gone. Even though Intel can, uh, Qualcomm can now sell chips to Huawei. Even now that Samsung can do business with Huawei again. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, is it going to change for them? I don't think so. I think they've gone too far down the road of, we need to do this thing so this never happens to us again. Yes, I agree. I think they've been so badly hurt by it that they. And yeah. And just like as usual, that that Huawei aping train is never late. <laughs> um, they like week a week after Apple announced M1, suddenly Huawei says, "Oh no, we've also got um, ARM-based um, desktop hardware that we're selling to the government now." Yeah. Uh, before we're going to start pushing it to consumer, and it's like, guys, uh... can you have an original thought, please? Like, <laughs> please, I'm begging you. Uh, but uh, besides for that, like that—that's just me being facetious. I I really don't foresee it going very well for Huawei. I don't. I see fewer and fewer new Huawei devices in the wild. Um, mm. Back in the day, if like the P30 launched, within a month's time, you could see P30s everywhere. Yeah, I have yeah. seen one solitary P40 in the wild. That was, um, someone was getting out of the red bus at the foot of Table Mountain uh, at the cable mm. car, and he was brandishing a P40 Pro. I have never Whoa. seen one again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very tricky that. So, I mean, um, these researchers, Trend Force, I don't really know them, so I don't know how much store we can set by mm. them, but they are predicting Huawei's market share to drop to 4%. Okay, this is wow. someone who outsold Samsung in the last quarter. They outsold Samsung in the last quarter. They are forecasting Huawei market share to drop to 4%. Huawei's still doing okay in China at this point, because, you know, in China, mm. you just have to get, uh, what's the app? One. Uh, uh, WeChat. What's the, uh, yeah, we get WeChat and everything else you need is within that. So not having Google service is not a big deal in China. Um, but even in China, they're losing market share to Oppo, Vivo and others. 
And frankly, I don't know how they're going to continue to make phones going forward because they've lost so much traction just in the year that we've been reporting on this. Uh, And I mean, for Huawei to go from second or third in the world to 4%, you know, that's like, it's not sustainable. I mean, they would have to fold their their phone business because the kind of R&D they've got going on can't be sustained on 4% market share. Yeah, so for for 1,000 Rand more than the 6,000 Rand price, you can get an Oppo A72, which I have on my desk right now. And lovely phone, lovely phone. Full man. Google services. Oppo yeah. will probably be, this will probably be the first phone to get Android 11 in our market, um, just because Oppo weirdly has jumped to the front of the queue. Yeah. <laughs> can you can you remember what the camera configuration is on the A72? It's a triple camera. Uh, let me pull it out. <laughs> it's got the, the normal 48 meg. Uh, no, sensor. no, no, no. I, I forget. I think it is a 48 megapixel uh, normal it's now shooter. The standard for all these mid-range, yeah. And then like a depth camera and a a monochrome camera, which is really interesting. Um, yeah. For like interesting like portrait sort of thing, but it's it's like really high quality build. Just the vibration motor is wow. It's limp. It's just not okay. great. But okay. Yeah. It's got Snapdragon, like Qualcomm Snapdragon 600, like chipset. It's got all the premium parts that you want. Okay. Um, I forgot how used to laminated OLED displays I've become because mm. <laughs> there's a screen protector on the, yes, I noticed on that. the LCD yeah. display, but it just looks like there's distance between the content uh-huh. and your okay. face. And okay. and I and I, I looked at like every other device that I had, and all of them have like high quality OLEDs, um, mm. and yeah, you can like view it from any angle and stuff. And yeah, it was just like a strange thing. But strange enough, Oppo are very high on the audio fidelity as well, so they have like direct yeah uh, yeah yeah I noticed that audio and yeah. like really good studio speakers on like a seven thousand rand device, which is yeah, and they they good yeah. got good high definition audio support in the mm. phone as well. I noticed. Um, yeah. just interesting on that P Smart. It, also has a 6.3 OLED screen, which also impressed me. It means that OLED is now becoming the sort of de facto standard for all phone yeah. screens. Yeah, which yeah. is a good thing. Much more power efficient. Yeah. Yeah. So there's okay. all these players coming into the South African market that are playing in Huawei's traditional space. Yeah, um, true. And I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't see any compelling reason to recommend Huawei devices over this new crop of stuff that that's coming in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, I haven't quite given up on Huawei, but as I've say, I've capitulated on the Apple thing. So at this point, dear listener, just go out and get whatever phone you want. Don't listen to me. No one else is listening to me. You know, Lindsay doesn't <laughs> even listen to me anymore. <laughs> get the Apple product. You know, don't get the Huawei product. Do whatever you want. But Both do keep an eye on Oppo. Make all your dreams come true. <laughs> strong Oppo products coming through. So do keep an eye on them. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of my story. I've got an Epson printer Ooh. video coming up on, on YouTube. Um, yeah, it's the L6190. It's one of those Ooh. ink tank printers. Yes, which no, I has, love that whole L series, actually. I have yeah, one. Yeah, good. It, it's, been, it's been a revelation in terms of wireless printing. Because um, uh-huh. like AirPrint, Apple's AirPrint is tragic when it comes to like wireless <laughs> printing like you need to kind of engineer your entire wi-fi setup oh for gosh around it for airprint to work but this thing just like plug and play like like my brother machine which i do love and is bigger and is more like complex because it has like a3 and all sorts of stuff yeah yeah, yeah. um but man that ink tank thing like if you are still buying cartridge printers you are no 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 get no the ink tank yeah uh, yeah that and- video is coming up there's a yeah, couple you, of might, you might get anxious about these ink tank printers at the start because they look expensive and the ink looks expensive. But yes. once you get the thing going and once you realize the freedom, uh, the peace of mind you have of just being able to print and print and you misprint and you don't worry about it. You just print yeah. another one because it's super economical to run once you get it going. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I had that printer for almost two months on mm-hmm. test and I I we were not shy. We were like printing like forty-eight page booklets. Yes, exactly. I was doing my the same thing. Yeah. School sent home for like to view on a tablet or whatever, and we just like printed out in full color. And I think I finally hit the three-quarter mark. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I had the, I had the same experience. I just been 
printing like photos, high, high quality photos on photo paper, making multiple printouts, A4s for the family, and it just doesn't impact the ink supply. It's amazing. Yeah. Great, great results from those L series Epson printers. Absolutely. Yeah. So they, yeah. they're going, they're going for a song on Black Friday, actually. I know Incredible Connection has deals on like the L3 190. Um, the 6190 is true. It's like a seven grand, eight grand printer, which is. Hang on, hang on. A, so the, the, the 6190 is the one you, you tested. Yes, it's Did like the video? top end. It's, okay. it's, it's the top end of, of those ones. Um, okay. Yeah, like the plastic is a little bit cheap feeling, but I mean, it's a printer. It's going to live on your yeah, desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice small yeah. format as well. It doesn't take a lot of paper either. It's about so the, it's about the total cost comfort. of ownership, which is how much it costs to keep the printer running. Yeah. That's what you need that, to calculate. That video is coming up, and then there's a bit of a vlog video where I'm just testing out like the abilities of Samsung smartphones in terms of content creation, which is really good. And yeah, you can catch me on That Opinion Guy on YouTube. ThatOpinionGuy.co.za is the website. And I am Sharpshooters, S-H-A-R-P-S-C-H-U-T-T-E-R-S on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. Um, what am I up to? I'm still working on my budget gaming laptop story. It's just that every time I tell one of the manufacturers I'm doing it, they send me another laptop. So it's not, I'm now <laughs> up to like eight of them. <laughs> okay, it's getting completely out of control. Um, uh, I want to just leave you with my work from home tip of the week. It goes like this. Okay. Um, computers generate noise, especially if you're using a laptop. The fans, they come on, they hum. And actually, your environment might be more noisy than you realize. If you want to keep your PC running as quietly and as calmly and as coolly as possible, check the power settings on the PC. You probably don't need the full capabilities of your PC all the time. Just you can set it to a sort of a moderate processing level and then the fans will come on a lot less because you're not doing video rendering at all times of the day. Most of the time you're just writing an email so you don't need masses of processing power. Check the power settings on your PC and uh, choose a, a setting that gets you the lowest noise level possible, which means the fans come on as seldom as possible. Then on top of that, make sure there's lots of room around your laptop so it can get good ventilation. Most of them suck air in from underneath. So make sure there's space for air to get drawn in underneath. Again, if you're using a laptop, I mean. And um, you might notice the vents get caught full of pet hair and stuff on the sides mm. wherever it's trying to expel the hot air out of the computer make sure it's clear so the hot air can get blown clear you'll also prolong the lifespan of your laptop um this way so try and get your pc to run as quietly and as power efficiently as possible this is my work from home tip for the week um and that's the best way to do that to is to delete mm. google chrome <laughs> there is that there is that yeah um i am actually working on a story about five things I love about uh, Microsoft Edge. But uh, we'll discuss that next week. I'm getting the evil eye from my family because it's now quite late in the evening and I need to go and do my chores. As so you I'm can gonna hear, say my dogs are hungry. I will go feed them. Mine so too. I'll catch you next Mine week. Too.